Welcome to the Open Door Podcast. This is John, I'm the pastor of a church called the Open Door Presbyterian Church here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we are recording podcasts during Lent um, that go deeply into our five practices of listening, learning, eating together, encouraging one another, and giving of ourselves. And today, uh, we're getting into the practice of encouragement or encouraging uh, with two friends from the Open Door, Providence and Rebecca. Um, They are two people who have a lot um, to give, uh, a lot to teach, a lot to um, share with us about this practice of encouragement, really doing it from a lifestyle perspective, a way of being. Um, We like to call that the way of Jesus, and I think that they live into it well. I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had uh, just last weekend. All right, so um, I have my friends Providence and Rebecca, both um, Open Door members, or as we like to say, Covenant Partners. Um, and I think that both of them um, exhibit this fourth practice that we've been thinking about now for, for about a week, and that's the practice of encouragement. So we seek to be a church that... Um, that encourages one another. So a church that encourages individuals and a church, I think that looks to be an encouragement in the world. I think all of our practices are kind of inward communal and outward or kind of spiritual communal and, and missional in their practice. But I think that you two, um, just exhibit this in your lives in, in really powerful ways. Um, but like Providence, you were just saying that I used the word vocational and you were like, at first that, that didn't, that, that was kind of new to think of your vocation as a vocation that where you use encouragement. So tell us what you do and whether you think I'm crazy or not and thinking that. Um, well, I currently am working in a virtual learning hub with uh, kids who are doing uh, learning through their iPads or laptops um, during this pandemic. Um, I'm in Hazelwood in at the Center of Life, and um, I'm in a class with uh, four boys, mm. and they're six and seven. Um, those adorable, challenging things. Wow. <laughs> um, and they gave me much delight and frustration sometimes, but mostly adorable. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't think about the word encouragement used to express my vocation all the time. Um, when you were like, how is your, uh, the practice of encouragement built into your vocation? Um, it just hadn't been a word that I realized. Um, so I think, but I do realize, you know, I'm very much wanting to be somebody that um, is a voice of encouragement to the kids and, um, how I'm interacting with them, um, and, you know, to my coworkers. And, um, I think for me, the practice of encouragement, 
um, I, I, so I went to a small little private school, K through eight growing up at this Christian school. And in our eighth grade year, um, we actually had a, uh, a graduation ceremony. And part of that graduation ceremony every year, um, they would say this every year, it didn't change um, for the graduates. And they would say, um, you know, may you speak words of encouragement and, um, and, and light and um, other good things to people, knowing that there may be times that you might be that only person um, to speak those things that might not otherwise be said. And so I think I've reflected on that, you know, since that into high school and beyond and thinking about how, you know, if there's something good I can say, even if that's a memory of somebody that, you know, I haven't talked to in a while, um, even just reaching out and be like, Hey, just was thinking about you. Um, so, but yeah, going back to, uh, my work and trying to, uh, have it be a part of it is something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Rebecca Berna, Rebecca, I, Tell us what you do and kind of how that first question, I'd emailed you both some questions to think about maybe how that first question landed. Yeah, sure. Um, I want to kind of note on what Providence just said of just when there's something good to share related to someone, whether that's a word of encouragement or a reflection we as a as a culture have a tendency to hold that in like somehow that's a weakness um and that i shouldn't say that out loud and and yet there's so much power in that right any any time that you can we can think of when we've received encouragement um it's it's wonderful and powerful um and so it, it's their words that linger that stick with mm -hmm. us and and as you were talking providence i was thinking of kind of some of my own stories of those things um but just that there is a lot of strength in kindness right encouragement there's so many synonyms for this um my work right now is as an art therapist and a licensed professional counselor i also pre-pandemic and um and a little bit during the pandemic have been doing um, some grant funded work with family hospice as an art therapist. Um, and how encouragement is built into my vocation, I would say what it looks like is, is holding safe and non-judgmental space for others. Um, and often what that looks like is doing everything I can to help my clients um, feel fully seen and fully heard and accepted by me. Mm. Um, and sometimes in, in therapy, art therapy, um, this means inviting them to explore their truth. And that can sound really generic and broad, um, but we are so good at avoiding our truth. We, we want to just like get away from uncomfortable feelings, want to get away from uncomfortable thoughts. And sometimes just starting with what's real takes so much um, energy and so much courage to just be like, no, everything is really hard right now. And wow, it felt good to say that and kind of start there. Um, 
So letting them go there. And um, sometimes my role is to even say that out loud. If I hear people avoiding the hard, um, trying to color code it. I've heard so many times that that statement of this is going to sound stupid or, you know, you, you probably, you know, think I'm weird for saying this. I'm like, my job is to, to, to hold space for whatever you want to bring. Hmm. Um, and I've heard a lot of things. Um, and I've also worked with kids like Providence mentioned, and there's so much honesty, um, especially with children. And, and so sometimes the work with adults is letting them just say what's real. Um, taking off some of those filters in spaces that are safe. Um, and so therapy is, is basically saying we can go into your deep pain and we can also look at your reasons for hope. Like what are some things that have helped you move past those hard moments or kept you sustained in them? Um, and I kind of point out to people how it's, Sometimes the contrast between that pain and getting to hope um, where we find relief, where we find joy. Um, I think a lot of moments when I think about myself being encouraged, it's because I'm relieved. Mm. Like, I don't have to strive. I can just be me. I can start there. Mm -hmm. um, that phrase of you're enough. Mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. that's what all of us deeply need to hear. And there's such a variety of ways to communicate that. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot of the work. That's so good. Like, uh, I, I, it reminds me of when I first started to see a spiritual director, cause I had gone many years without ever doing that. And BJ um, the other pastor at Open Door, like BJ was all into spiritual direction and mm -hmm. heard people talk about it. And it, it just wasn't something that I was doing and or ever had done. And I'd never seen a therapist or anything either. And then start seeing a, a spiritual director. I think that you're right. The most encouragement that I felt was, was receiving like this blessing of you're okay. Like uh, this space is for you to share and open up and it, it's all, it's all okay. Whatever you're sharing. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. So, Definitely. so simple. So, so simple. I would say, sorry. Yeah. Go. Okay. Um, I think one really cool thing that we've been able to do in our classroom with these kids this year um, has really been able to allow them to have voices mm -hmm. and encouraging that. And even, um, you know, sometimes it's challenging and, you know, they have bad mornings or whatever, but, um, our classroom has been able, um, with the help of like my coworkers, we've been able to have some visuals for like where they are. So red, yellow, and green, and that we started to do like midday check-ins where mm. we talk about what color are you on? Mm. You know, are you on red? Are you in yellow? Are you on green? You know, how did you get there? You know, what is something you can do to change that? Or 
um, you know, get better, you know, why are you on green? Oh, you were doing a good job, you know? So giving them space to even reflect on themselves and like encourage where they are or like how they can do better. Mm -hmm. Um, even from their peers, like asking like, Hey, does someone want to tell this person, you know, what they can do to do better? Mm -hmm. Um, and creating like a safe space where they can still not be perfect, but allow them to be encouraged that they can do better mm -hmm. um, in the middle of that. It sounds like That's helping awesome. them create their their own goals for how mm -hmm. like they get to define what better is, right? Instead mm -hmm. of having it be something that we we regiment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you seen like in classrooms or in the work that you do with therapy, either of you, like, have you seen a big difference right now in, in kids, like needs for encouragement because of the pandemic or like, how are the kids doing that you work with compared to every other year of your, of your life? Um, I can lean into that a little bit. I, I currently on my caseload have six year old and eight year old had 11, 12, 14, kind of like the spectrum a little bit. Um, and I feel like what's true pandemic or not in working with kids is, it is like Providence said, so important for them to have a voice. Um, and when you're doing live interactions with a kid to get down on their level, to be an adult that like welcomes them at eye level and and engages with them in that way is very important um and in i'm on telehealth with kids right now so um when i started that in uh, march or something i remember thinking oh gosh okay meeting with a six-year-old on telehealth and they're set up at a table that's going to be really hard and so i just remember thinking all right we have to move we have to do a lot of movement hmm. and, you know, as an art therapist, um, we do a lot of movement with art supplies. And so I remember like kind of creating this warm up of, and I would do this post pan or pre pandemic anyway. Um, but you just have them put like a crayon in their hand and you're just like, well, pretend like you're scribbling, you know, we're just going to scribble in the air. And I would just like, have them do so many more movements like up and down and side to side just to get in their bodies more mm -hmm. and to have this sense of there's something I can control because that's what's so important for kids. And um, when the adults, you know, notice, oh gosh, there's a pandemic and we can't control this. That's nothing new to kids. They, they can't control the structure of their lives. They're, they're based on what you tell them comes next. And so any structure that is allowing them to have fun and feel that sense of release um, and relief because they're in control of something, mm -hmm. whether the words that they get to say to you um, or the, the thing that you're inviting them into, um, they eat it up. Um, and and I, say, I would say one thing related to um, specifically the pandemic and uh, another art therapy directive I did was I invited kids and grownups to just create an image of what coronavirus looks like to you. What do you think it looks like? And mm. I got a lot of, you know, big spiky red things. And, um, and then we talked about how has it affected you specifically, right? That what's, 
inviting their voice, inviting their truth. Um, and then they got to use their imagination a little bit like Harry Potter style and like turn that thing into anything you want on this page. Like we had stories of like the coronavirus being rippled off into space and being turned into flowers and like other things, but just that sense of they get to choose what the next step is kind of like what province was saying they get to choose where they want to go from that moment mm -hmm. of check-in mm -hmm. yeah so in thinking like kind of shifting gears a little bit and thinking about the church i wanted to i wanted to just go back in time a little bit and um did you go grow up in churches where you felt really in encouraged like lifted up in this way i mean we're talking about kids right now but we're not talking about kids in the church you're you do your work in the world which is amazing and i think where most of us should be working um but how was your church upbringing like was it a really encouraging like finding yourself through the church or was it um something else how how, how was that for either of you i can speak to that um yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my church experience overall was a positive one. Um, and I think going back to that idea of encouragement, um, I have one specific uh, Sunday school teacher who I had in fifth and sixth grade. Um, and I, our group of, we had like a group of girls basically, um, a few guys, but um, we all had this like little classroom um, called the upper room. And uh, we would all go on Sunday mornings and, um, you know, we got uh, little like gemstones for, um, you know, uh, in memorizing scripture or whatever. Anyways, mm -hmm. um, and our teachers, um, were invested and one in particular, um, she even like took me outside of um, one Sunday school morning to like her work in Georgetown. And um, she was a, she's a linguist um, and, you know, built a relationship with me. And um, I still have the journal that she gave me when she left our church. Um, and in it, she wrote a letter basically to me um, noting uh, the compassion and empathy she saw in me. Wow. And, um, you know, so, you know, since then I have gone back continuously to look at it and read it when I need it and, hmm. um, speaking life into me in a way that I really, um, uh, needed and loved <laughs> and, um, yeah. has, has driven me, I think sometimes into, into continuing the work that I'm doing, um, you know, and another, and there was even just like another teacher in our small private Christian school who kind of pulled me aside one day and was like, I see this in you. It's very similarly. And mm. um, so I think again, kind of going back to speaking life and encouragement in very small, tangible ways. And I like to think about it as seeds. Mm -hmm. So you may not see the flower at the very end, but you never know, you know, when you say that one thing to that kid about his shoes or, you know, how kind he is to his classmates or, um, you know, he's a really good helper, you know, um, you never know how that's going to really sprout later. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you know, it'd be great to see those kids later down the road and have them run up to me like, hi, when you said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And I think, but I also try when I remember those times um, or those specific people in my life, I try to follow up now that I'm older mm-hmm. and like thank them mm-hmm. um, because I know how it would mean for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I like that because it brings, it brings to mind the fact that this is a practice that is so reciprocal. Like we can't encourage others if we're not being encouraged by others and and we yeah. can accept that encouragement and then give it give it back at a different time yeah what about you rebecca definitely it's it's very reciprocal i agree with that um let's see growing up in the church i so i grew up as a missionary kid um, yeah a lot of my childhood was in tokyo japan um which i thought was just you know how a lot of kids grow up that was my normal um <laughs> I found out later that my normal was very urban, um, Mm. very independent. And um, church and school were the same place for me. It was an international Christian school. um, And a lot of the kids, you know, were also missionary kids or their dad's the pastor um, or things like that. And so um, there was a huge sense of belonging there. and it was also, there was a lot of diversity of just like where people had lived, different countries of origin. Um, and I remember then, and even kind of looking back now, that that was just, that was a huge gift of encouragement to me, just to be not the only one. Mm-hmm. Because you you walk home, you're like you're in your little pod of friends and you get on the train and stuff like that, but just kind of everything everything in your whole world besides church and home and school. Um, you, I was a foreigner. I was called a foreigner. Mm. Um, I knew what that word meant. Um, and so being able to have a space of belonging and, um, and just to be able to, it was okay to be me. Um, even some of the holidays that we we celebrated um other there were other western families that would celebrate the same holidays um and i think kind of to piggyback off of that when i look at kind of my church experiences um from then until now music has always been a wonderful place of encouragement for me of that when we, when we can all just join our voices before God, whether it's those, those little pageant moments of um, like putting on, you know, going up and singing away in the manger as like a four-year-old or something like that, you know, you're like, this is, whoa, I'm part of something. And this, this means something you get the importance of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that so many times the lyrics, especially in hymns, um were that place where i recognized you know my spiritual journey is very similar to everyone else's spiritual journey hmm. i love the way that the hymns make space for suffering and pain as well as a lot of joy um mm-hmm. i also remember seeing you know like happy all the time songs like you know in sunday school and later i'm like that's exhausting <laughs> We, we can't be happy all the time. I'm really glad that you crossed and, and saved me from my sins, but 
it's physically impossible for any of us <laughs> to be happy all the time. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, I, I love the way that when I look at the church as a whole, not only like my context growing up, but kind of all the stories since then and leaning into um, the, the greater, like the worldwide church um, is that there's so much space for, for both, for joy <laughs> and sorrow, and mm-hmm. it doesn't separate them. Mm-hmm. You know, like the person of Christ does, does not separate joy and sadness. They are together. Mm-hmm. And so that, that ushers us into this really holy space to be encouraged, right? Like when, when we're told that it's okay for us to be sad, it's okay for us to be where we are um, and to be seen in that place, then it's, it's, we need to know that. And um, I'm sure that growing up, I was chasing other kids around outside at church and at school and I'd fall down and skin my knee or something. And and I, I knew that I was surrounded by adults and people that even if they weren't my parents, kind of like at the open door, right? It's everyone cares. Hmm. Everyone's safe hmm. in, this, in this building, at this farm, on this pavilion, right? Like, and that is, I think that's such a wonderful encouragement to, mm-hmm. to us at all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very much a gift to me growing up to have that. That's awesome. Yeah, that you you both um, both grew up in the church and found that encouragement is a really great and beautiful thing. And I think like that. I th- I think that's why we say that this is an intentional practice that we as a church want to all basically promise to one another. We're gonna we're gonna do this for one another. Um, we're gonna encourage one another because we think that it's it's core to what the church needs to be about encouraging one another and in hard times, encouraging one another in our faith, um, all of that. So what like kind of moving into open door and what, what the, the open door and having this practice, what has that looked like for you? Has that been like, I, some of the practices I'm better at, at like having a, some specifics too. And I think like, this is what I do regularly. Um, is, is encouragement, has it been one that you've been intentional about or has it like how, or what does that look like? Maybe if it hasn't been super intentional, what, how, what, what does it look like for you to make this one of your five, five practices? Um, I think, again, kind of just going back and circling, um, you know, really trying to, you know, if, if somebody comes to mind, um, acting, mm-hmm. um, not letting it go. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think, you know, sometimes I'm really busy and I think of somebody and it just, I keep going with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, I think sometimes God can bring to mind people um, that maybe like we have no idea what's going on. But mm-hmm. if we'd said something, you know, that moment that they came to mind, maybe that would have been really encouraging for that specific moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. So um, I try to and follow that, 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 that gut. That's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> you know, that, 
that's cool because that can be a practice in itself like to to just say anytime somebody comes to mind um and it seems appropriate <laughs> like to just send them yeah. in, uh, to do something to say to, to make sure you send an email or a text or a say hello right. or, yeah because uh, I think I think a lot of I don't know, at least for me, I feel like encouragement is also very much related to memory mm, and intentionality mm -hmm. and, and even, um, you know, whether it's even celebration, right? Mm -hmm. So celebrating, um, you know, people and, and their birthdays, um, people and, you know, their new job, or, um, I personally am very, <laughs> um, I'm all about celebrating people regard, like, um, not for things that they earn necessarily, mm -hmm. um, for who they are. Um, and that's, that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, especially as somebody who's single, who doesn't have all of those, you know, benchmarks, right. You don't have the rituals mm -hmm. of kids. You don't have the rituals of being married. Um, it's very important to celebrate, um, the small things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. have much more. <laughs> right. How about you, Rebecca? In what does that look like at Open Door for you? Um, I've been going to the Open Door for like a, a decade now. Um, mm. 2021, August, I believe, is going to be 10 years for me. Um, and that feels crazy. Like, yeah. Um, Pittsburgh has also now, um, become the place that I've lived the longest in my life of, in various places. Um, and so I have just been so encouraged by the open door in this like constant rhythm of giving and receiving. And sometimes I'm the one giving and sometimes the one, I'm the one receiving of encouragement, um, or blessing or prayer, um, and I think some of the ways of what that has looked like is the authenticity, like the realness of our community for just letting people come as you are, as often as you want to. Um, like, we're just, we're happy when people are, are walk in the door and, and there's no shame if you're gone for half the year. It's just like, oh, like what happened? You know, we missed you kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and so like in, in a decade now of, of my stories in the church, open door is one third of that. Hmm. And, um, and so I, I can think about moments of doubt and moments like where I was in grad school and just like really underneath a lot of suffering like just aware of suffering in this way that i felt like an atheist hmm. and for me being encouraged at the open door was having that space in our in our communion of saying if you want to come forward and you don't feel like taking uh communion today go ahead and just cross your arms and come up and get a blessing like mm -hmm. there's times that I felt like I wasn't allowed to do that, that I should sit and shame myself in my seat. Mm. And yet I knew that I was in a safe place to do that. Mm -hmm. um, 
and have had so many wonderful opportunities at the open door to give encouragement. Mm. And, and it really does come from that deep place of like, I'm not avoiding my own pain. I haven't avoided my own suffering before God or before others in this community. Um, and, um, I, I love ushering people into that through music. Um, yeah. I, part of my story at the open door too, is that like, it was maybe six months before I came to the open door when I was living in China that I just started kind of leading worship and just started trying to like play the djembe and sing at the same time. Um, which and, is quite a talent to be able to yeah. <laughs> play, play drums and sing. Yeah, I'll tell you what, <laughs> drum is so good when you're frustrated or when you're feeling all the things. You don't need lyrics. You just right. hit the drum. And so, um, yeah, like after after worship, I would make sure that the drum is accessible. The djembe is in a place where kids can go and hit it, that they know that they're allowed to. It's okay hmm. if it breaks. It's a thing. <laughs> you know, but like, go ahead, you know, you're invited into this. Um, and then I would say just reaching out to a lot of people in the community, choosing over and over again to develop friendships with mm -hmm. other people that are doing life alongside at the open door. And Providence and I have definitely like gone out for dinner and things like that and had a heart to heart, right? Like, we have to um we have to nourish ourselves mm -hmm. we have to be receptive to mm -hmm. the encouragement of others in order to be able to be giving encouragement from this place of overflow mm. this place of joy from this place is oh my gosh god is so good mm -hmm. and here's how mm -hmm. and it's not because life is hard and it's not because i have to like diminish that but but here's, here's the beauty of it. Um, and I've been able to write at least three songs, I believe, that have been shared at the open door. Um, Breathe in me, Lord, made for more, um, and leave it in the water. Mm -hmm. And pretty much all of those came from really raw moments that mm. I had before God um, that after writing them, you think you're not supposed to share those with anybody. Right. They feel like poems that are like, just keep that to yourself, you know? And for whatever reason, like I knew it was safe enough to kind of work with Don, to share it with him, to, to, mm -hmm. to try to put chords to it and then to share it with the congregation. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I love and miss those moments. Yeah. Where we yes. get... <laughs> together and how what I wrote as my truth is also being reflected back to me as someone else's truth mm -hmm. they needed to sing that before God they need, needed to declare that corporately as well and hmm. I, yeah that's uh, what cor corporate worship is mm -hmm. is about that that's kind of always been my dream my desire for our worship to to for us to be able to use that kind of creativity and to feel like you can present that, give it and be f fully accepted in that yeah. vulnerability. Exactly. And then, you know, to be able to, to accept that back. Yeah. And this isn't that's, perfect, that's beautiful. But what I got. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 
Can I follow up, John? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, so much of what you're saying is very, very true. It's all of it's true of the open door from what I've seen. Um, I've been there, oh, I guess since 2016. 2017 um and actually john i'm not technically a member yet <laughs> oh man i but, better go edit that out of the podcast <laughs> but um i feel like i am you know yeah. like i've been around for a while <laughs> but um yeah i think you know it's it's definitely been a place for me of you know even just you know before i was really coming consistently you know there are opportunities for just prayer and mm-hmm. I can remember just going and feeling fully accepted and loved in those moments. Um, and then it was a joy to then be able to turn around and be asked to be a part of that and give that to other people as well when we were both, when we were meeting. Mm-hmm. And I realized too, something that is more about me is like, I realized that words of affirmation are really important for me. And mm-hmm. so I think being in a congregational setting where you're able to verbally affirm and encourage somebody through prayer or receive that is Mm. really beautiful um and you know even speaks through song you know i think those are words of encouragement through song and being able to sing those out loud with each other like you know um, next to each other affirming and encouraging one another in that space that like i'm singing these words and this person next to me is also singing these words and maybe they're words that like i wouldn't necessarily say out loud but i'm singing them mm-hmm. and the person next to me is also singing them <laughs> so it's like a validation of like okay i'm not alone in these thoughts of doubt or questions or this struggle with justice um and yeah. So. And those three things you just brought up, like I was thinking the words that we sing are different than what I think are sung at a lot of church. I, not That's not true of all, but a lot of churches, our words, our words, the words in a lot of our songs are pretty different. And you brought up justice, doubt. What was the other thing you said? Words of justice, doubt. <sighs> I don't know, struggle. Yeah. I can rewind later. Something and, and all this <laughs> like thing. that. Um, so for for me, those are the things where I feel encouraged. And I, and I think this is true of our community. Like we feel encouraged because we're able to be honest about our struggles, even through song, even through worshiping God, being very real and authentic, I hope. It, not just in, in one-on-one relationship, but even in how we worship God. I hope that we present a a way of worshiping God that is like that, that we can feel encouraged that we're all in this together, right? I think that's uh, like, Rebecca, I think your lyrics lead us to that. Um, I hope that the lyrics that Alyssa and I have put together, like similarly um, open people to that. I think they do for sure. I, Mm -hmm. I, there's so many moments that you guys have also led songs, John, where I'm like, yep, wow, that's, that hits a lot of places that I, <laughs> that I needed to hold before God and invite other people into. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's, there can be a real beauty in that. Mm-hmm. that Sometimes the shock of the mm-hmm. words mm-hmm. Um, that we, that we sing or that we just allow ourselves to say out loud um, to people. I can think about 
particular moment when we were up at Garfield Farm and um, I think I was just, had signed up to dish out vegetables or something because we were expecting a lot of people and we just, you know, wanted to do it that way. And I was staying next to another member of the Open Door and, you know, we just kind of got real in conversation. We never had before. You know, in one moment, his smiles to like, you know, people in the other moment of like, yeah, I've, I was, I've struggled with depression too. Right. Mm, and like, mm-hmm. and we do that. We, we do that as a community of, of saying those kinds of disclosures in song, like, and in passing of the peace and, mm-hmm. and like, no, especially like we mentioned that kind of that space for prayer during the service mm-hmm. during a song hmm. times that i'm sitting there receiving prayer or praying for someone and there's a song in the background and it's just all of it mm-hmm. is encouragement all mm-hmm. of it is is god showing up and we as a community giving and receiving to one another mm-hmm. and sometimes it's in those moments of like um someone says a word to you of encouragement and then you know you you give it back to them mm-hmm. like and I, I really don't think there is much of a difference between it just being one-sided um right. if you if providence or i or you as a pastor just lean into encouragement of others giving always mm-hmm. like that runs out you know <laughs> like eventually we can't give anymore. And so it has to be that balance. Yeah. I think too, like from that whole giving um, and encouraging, like for me, like I understand that we need to have, like obviously we need to care for ourselves before we can care for others. Right. But I think there was also a sense of, you know, there's no lack for, for encouragement. Like there's no, um, like it doesn't run out, like love doesn't run out. Right. Mm. And so speaking from this idea of like abundance, right. Of like, mm. there's always more, like you can, you can abundantly give and give, and it's not going to run out. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously within boundaries of your own self-care. Right. Um, but to try to, I don't know, I don't, no, I feel like I always do this well, but to try to give and give, knowing that it's going to continue to be okay. And you can continue to give knowing that you are loved currently. Yeah. Um, wanting to be somebody of abundance that, you know, there's not just this amount of love that can go around, you know, in this right. box and that's it. Hmm. Um, that's awesome. I love that. And that uh, this practice of encouragement really blends with our uh, practice of giving. Like, sometimes you don't know which one you're really doing, you're kind of doing both at the same time. And we don't even think about it. But um, yeah, we talk about, you talked about uh, abundance as opposed to, to scarcity. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we, we give out of, only out of um, like our excess, believing that there's scarcity everywhere. And I just happen to have a little bit of excess. So I'll, I'll, give, I'll give a little bit. Um, but it's a whole worldview to have a, a worldview that that there's enough that we that we can give and not be a, and not be afraid that we're gonna end up lacking for ourselves um, is a really beautiful idea 
Yeah. It's not Great. an easy one to always hold in this world, but definitely mm. I think worth fighting for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Love does not run out. Hmm. There, there is that sense of abundance and, um, and, and kind of talking about boundaries a little bit um, and touching on that. I also think that sometimes we can see ourselves in only one side of the abundance. And I think that depletes our energy. So like when we talk about encouragement as a giving and receiving, you're on both sides, you are getting filled mm -hmm. up. And in that rhythm, it doesn't run out. Mm -hmm. um, there was times in my own life where I remember thinking that I was just, I had to be the leader. I had to be the encourager. I had to be the one giving. Um, and that became a barrier for me receiving of this sense of when someone else would just naturally in turn start caring for me or asking me questions, I would like put up a wall and say, no, no, no. Do you think there's something wrong with me that I need support right now? Like mm -hmm. I'm weak or something. Hmm. And, and I think what we've touched on too is that that sense of no, like we do that out of abundance not because you're lacking as a person, mm -hmm. not because I think you need my help, but that I, I want to say something that will uplift you. Mm -hmm. will, will you let me do that? Will you open up a space to receive that? And it's so countercultural, right? For us to like, um, to do that, but, but it's, it's the way of the cross. Vulnerability mm -hmm. is strength. No, being able to let it in and trust God and trust love mm -hmm. that like what Providence said, that it doesn't run out. And I think that is something that replenishes us. And yet I know I've pinpointed so many times in my own life that my own story of, no, I'm the encourager. I'm the teacher. I'm the one who has it all together. How dare you try to help me <laughs> like that? That gets in the way. Yeah. And I think that's the part where, um, it's important for us to find safe spaces to soften that mm -hmm. and to, to rewrite that narrative and to, and to use the, that healthy language of boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, and that when you're, when you're too tired to smile at someone, mm -hmm. that it doesn't mean that um, that you did something wrong, but it just means you're tired. Mm -hmm. It just means that, that you might need some quieter space for yourself. Mm -hmm. And also there are others in that quiet space that are ready to be alongside of you. Just like Providence was saying of like singing the words alongside right that that proximity i mean when i think about this lived out in the open door when we do prayer stations when when i'm sitting with headphones on listening to pray as you go and there's someone right there doing the same thing or we're both coloring in silence that's so life-giving that's so encouraging hmm. and it's that moment of i'm revealing that i need this coloring page right now too i need this quiet right now too Mm -hmm. We have needs together before God. 
That's cool. And that's when, when we really are able to take in that abundance together as well. Yeah. Hmm. So how might we, how might we use this, uh, this practice of encouragement um, beyond the church doors? Like if, if we can create this community that really cares for each other, really loves each other, that um, within it, it, we practice encouragement. How do we then go outside of the church with it? Or have, have we done that? Do you think the open door has done well at that or struggled with that? What are your thoughts? I mean, I would say to the point that, you know, there is this safe space and this community that, that is there. Um, that is a well of strength to be built up and encouraged in. Um, I know for me, like, you know, I, I need, I need the energy and the encouragement from others to be able to do the work that I'm doing. Um, and I, I realize, you know, my work is specific to very much being a helping, encouraging profession and not everybody looks like that. Um, I'm trying to think of other ways, but (laughs) But no, I think actually, I think that's a great example. Like you are a perfect example of, um, like practicing the way of Jesus in your everyday life. The the church helps you be able to do the work that you do with children because you've been encouraged by others. You're able to give it more. I hope that, I hope that would be true um, for many of us, for all of us um, that we kind of naturally take it uh, with us everywhere we go. I think that that is true and I think in some ways yes we do this well and in some ways we have a lot we have a long way to go mm-hmm. um, because again from this framework of God's love is abundant mm-hmm. it can always get bigger it can mm-hmm. always include more yeah um, and Kind of as you were asking that question, John, I was like, there's a scripture for this. And like, I don't know if Bible college coming out or not, but I don't, it's been a while since I've been like, oh, there's a scripture for that. But <laughs> words um, that I guess, I guess it's Christ says this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Mm-hmm. I think we deeply and authentically love one another at the open door and we do it imperfectly within our community and we also do it abundantly and I think that when we let ourselves expand and we trust that that love that anyone that comes in the door and anywhere we go as an individual person who attends the open door or as an organized event, um, that that can expand. And Mm. our view of, of what encouragement to Pittsburgh community looks like, to Pittsburgh's 
issues to, to Garfield, to the East End, to the farm, um, to individual members of our community who don't feel abundant love from the open door. Hmm. Like that, that we need to start there, mm -hmm. you know, because if we say we're doing enough, then in some ways we stay with the status quo. And in some way, if we say we're not doing enough, then um, that's, that's starting from scarcity. And so I think the answer is both. There are so many ways that I see the love of the open door, like vibrant in this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the farm is a great place where a lot of that happens. I love hearing stories about, um, you know, children setting foot on the property of the farm and feeling like that's a safe space for them. Mm -hmm. they, can they can dig in the dirt, they can learn. I might never meet them, I just might see them on a, on a video, right? But um, I think that's one outlet and Providence's job and my job and everyone else's um, where they go in the week, whether it is paid or unpaid, like it's all of it is God working through us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that message is one that I've been told the open door my whole 10, 10 years is that you don't have to sign up for another Bible study at the open door or another small group because what you're doing in grad school or in a classroom or on telehealth, God's in it. Right. Yep. And that's enough. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think encouragement can go really anywhere. Like you can be in a workplace setting at a bank. Mm -hmm. You can be in a workplace setting at a at CNU and you can still be, you know, encouraging your coworkers, you know, and remembering that that child's birthday party, like you can ask about it again and following up on the things, the little things that people tell you about to continue to build those relationships with others. Um, I love that. And it brings the, the idea that our kindness, Rebecca used the word kindness, um, our kindness and encouragement can like actually make a better world because I think people can't help but give encouragement and kindness to others when they are receiving it. Um, that that's a, I don't know. That's beautiful. Maybe that's a good, a good, a good <laughs> place to, to wrap up. Do you have any parting shots that you want to share? This, this was encouraging. Thank Good. Guys. I mean, nice. like any, any Zoom call that isn't just work. <laughs> kind of amazing. Yeah. I want to say thank you for the opportunity, John. Yeah, um, of course. And just, it's an honor. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged also because it's beautiful outside and I know a lot of people who are getting vaccines and we're going to start having worship at the farm again, mm. which talking with you makes me like excited about being together um, and being able to see each other, not just on zoom, but uh, in person again soon. 
someday in 2021 we will be able to sing together again yes Yes. (laughs) i'm so looking forward to that (laughs) yeah well thank you both so much this is really great i'm gonna put it out there in the next couple of days and i think hopefully our words the three of us will be an encouragement to others Thanks so much for listening in today. Thank you to Rebecca and Providence for um, their wisdom and their words for us today. Um, All of our music is by our band, This Side of Eve. You can check out our music at thissideofeve.com. We have a brand new album that came out um, just this winter. And um, through the website, you can get to our band campsite and even get some of the songs like you're listening to right now, which we recorded quite a while ago. Um, but some of the worship songs that we've done in the past and some of our older music. So go check it out. Thank you much and see you next week. Thank you.